back. All right, everybody, we are back for episode two. We are still here and we are still kicking. This is episode two of the weekly greatest music NFT podcast show hosted by Beaks Vibe. And this episode is going to be all about creator royalties. And why are we talking about creator royalties? Well, it's been a little bit of a hot button topic in the crypto world, depending on kind of where you hang out. You know, a lot's been happening during this bear market in the Solana ecosystem in terms of kind of different NFTs playing out in in its models and whatnot. With the creator royalty situation, there's been this kind of proposed 0% royalties thing that's been going on. And now that's created this big debate, right, of whether NFTs should have royalties uh, for the creator or whether there should be 0% royalties where the creators aren't getting a revenue income stream from royalties. And I think on one hand, that's a little bit of the debate of what's being had is, you know, when projects are trying to create a revenue model or are mapping out, you know, how they are going to create the revenue model in the future to further develop their projects, that royalties ought to not be the only option. But to, I think the other question is kind of who gets to make that decision and why? And, you know, nothing explicitly here was happening with music NFTs. But I think when we're talking about NFTs and when we're talking about creator royalties and royalties in particular, you know, it definitely pertains to uh, the music NFT conversation just a little bit. And for somebody like such as myself, you know, who I look, you know, I get a royalty statement every month that I not only depend on, but look forward to and things like this. So in terms of the kind of greater debate and kind of conversation of royalties and especially in kind of the web three scene, you know, definitely hits close to home in terms of, uh, you know, how we are all viewing it. And so I think it's kind of a funny little conversation in terms of whether they should be there or not. But before we get into kind of the opinionated parts of that, you know, there's something we really need to hit at the top of this. And that is that the smart contracts in which we talk about, right, these non-fungible tokens, you know, they are very, very dumb. You know, a lot of what we think these smart contracts can do, they cannot do. And a lot of the decision making that we think should be executed in the transaction at that transactional level of NFTs and sales and things of this nature, you would think would be happening at that contract level, at the smart contract level, but unfortunately they are not. So, you know, these are much more still like dumb contracts in my opinion. And, you know, it's really unfortunate to kind of discover, even though it's a good thing that it's kind of shined some light that, you know, the royalty topic is at the marketplace level, meaning it is the marketplace companies. It is the, you know, company decision and policy making in place that is enforcing. And it's kind of up to argument in terms of what they can enforce, because there's all kinds of over-the-counter trades or, you know, OTC trades that can happen that, you know, they can't really monitor or creators especially can't monitor. So when you think of a, a creator that's deploying NFTs onto the blockchain and you may or may not be very kind of have this high conviction of how the royalty model as as your own art in your own, you know, in your own project um, should be, you would think you should be able to code that into the smart contract itself so that whether it's an OTC trade, whether it's on this marketplace or that marketplace or the next marketplace that hasn't even been created yet, you would think 
it doesn't matter because it in the smart contract is where the code is and the code is law. And that's where we kind of have built in that perpetual model that at least for me, in terms of my frame of reference is where I come from. You know, you don't want your royalties getting played with or messed with, right? Like in the web two music scene, it's like you agree upon whether it's with the label, with an artist and everyone's agreeing prior to the success, prior to the sale of what the royalties are going to be. And the last thing you ever want happening in the conversation is someone, once they see their success on the song, they go, actually, I think I should be getting some more royalties. Or actually, I don't think you should be getting any royalties. And I couldn't imagine, you know, let's use that same analogy saying it's at the, imagine it was at the marketplace level where Spotify, yeah, they can lobby to kind of, well, actually, they lobby to keep the royalty rates lower and, and lobby annually to try and push for royalty rates to be paid lower so they can pay out their songwriters less. But that's a different topic we might get into in a different episode. But they can't just be like, well, you agreed to the terms of service and guess what? We are saying no longer royalties because we need to increase our bottom line ad revenue business. I mean, obviously everyone would be, the next marketplace would then go, well, we will give royalties, right? And now it's going to be a marketplace versus marketplace thing. And that's kind of what you're seeing happen right now in the Web3 world, where you're having marketplaces try to cannibalize each other in their market share in terms of, we think the secondary market and creators don't want royalties. And so they will create a marketplace that's 0% royalties going against, you know, 2.5%, going against 3.75%, going against 5% and let the best marketplace win. And then if you're a seller, you're playing, you know, you're arbing the, the system, right? So if you buy for this, you're going to go somewhere where you can kind of get your 100%. And if you can avoid paying a royalty, you will. And it's just all this mess, right? Like it's total, total mess is what it is. I mean, that's why there is just a debate because it's just a fuss. You've got half, I mean, half of the crypto world in the bear, in the bear market, half of the crypto world are creators, developers, you know, people that are, I think are contributing to the, to the system. And on the other half, you have kind of the, the schemers, the LARPers, the flippers, and just people, you know, trying to make a quick buck. And so... I don't know that these are the people that we should be asking about if whether creative royalty should be a thing or not for the artists that are creating projects. Both sides have kind of an obvious bias to them, but I think that's what I mean. Let's take a step back and let's really look at kind of the question behind the question. And it's how can this possibly be at the marketplace level? And it really needs to, we need to figure out a way where these smart contracts are actually being smart and executing agreements that are completely enforceable because they are inscribed by code and they cannot be messed with, you know, once it's programmed and kind of, you know, no pun intended, solidified into the code, right? So that is what we need. And, you know, I really feel like in my gut, like a lot of us almost think it is that way. And so when we realize you're like, it's a marketplace, it's it's a decision-making call is what we're talking about. Like these are three people in a Zoom call figuring out whether there should be creator royalties or not. That's where I get a little insulted. That's where I'm a little offended. I'm like, it's not even your decision. It shouldn't be at least. That's how I feel about it. So that's kind of what I wanted to talk about is how do we get smart contracts that can understand the, you know, royalties is a big thing with music 
And with art having been the big blossom of NFT so far, you know, it's a huge thing. And so being able to get these kind of the payment layer with the transaction layer and kind of getting the infrastructure built in with these NFTs and these smart contracts where in the kind of deployment, in the creation, in the curation of this product, you know, the, these questions are, are being answered and it's an internal thing based on the artist, the creator, the project, the company on what they want to do. You know, so one of the people that's been leading a little bit of this narrative um, is Frank Degods, uh, who's one of the major artists and influencers in the Solana ecosystem. I want to bring up some, uh, he just dropped a sub stack on talking about their decision to go to 0% royalties as a project. So some projects are kind of opting to make this declaration on them, like themselves, and then they're going to marketplaces that uh, reflect those types of royalties and they're kind of justifying it in their own way. And th then you got other projects. So, you know, right now in the ecosystem sense, it's splintering people, you know, it's creating some division among projects and marketplaces and the community, you know, itself in terms of how people think it should be. And, um, you know, it's kind of interesting. So the TLDR he gives is that one royalties aren't enforceable with current Solana NFT standard, or I would say with any NFT standard right now across the cryptosphere, uh, you know, that's the problem, right? It, it is not enforceable at the smart contract layer. I think that's kind of the greater issue at hand. Number two, he says, most proposed solutions don't solve the entire problem, which makes them non-viable. You know, that's one of the big three dilemmas in all of crypto is the interoperability of all this stuff. Um, even if it was at the smart contract level, can you, you know, if someone is, migrates chains or wants to play the music NFT they bought on this chain over on that chain, or they make that sale at a different chain, if that's possible, do those royalties still stay intact then, right? So kind of keeping that whole thing going. Number three, proposal for a new NFT standard that could solve the entire problem, which he he lays out in here. And number four, strategy on how to launch it to get ecosystem-wide adoption in a short amount of time. Again, this is like one of these maybe short-term fixes, but I think really not even that. I don't think it should be an ecosystem thing. You know, I kind of call that the protocol layer, right? So I don't even, it shouldn't be a marketplace layer. It shouldn't be a protocol layer. That just kind of creates division at a higher, higher level. So it, does this, you know, blockchain support creator royalties versus does this blockchain support creator royalties? You know, does Solana become the zero royalty? royalty place where DGENs go and thrive and then Avalanche and Polygon become the creator royalties and, and those that want to kind of support the secondary sales and so on and so forth. You know, because another big thing that happened was in Avalanche, it was kind of this blossoming of the free mint and the free mint really only had its successive, you know, really only happened because of the royalty you could get if it were to go up in price. And that was kind of the fun in a degenerate way of getting the free mint. It was, it was like, well, you can't get it can never get less than zero. So you were never going to be a negative ROI, which was kind of the fun thing to buy these. And, and that's why it got a lot of buzz and attention because there was really nothing to lose. And that kind of made it fun to, to join it. And then if the community or the project got some buzz and started getting some value, then you could go flip it, sell it 2x, 3x your money. I mean, I can understand the free mint, but you know, that's definitely contingent on creator sales. And that's neither here nor there with the music NFT, but maybe it kind of is, right? Because 
One of the things that I know musicians feel, right, is that you don't want to come and say, hey, I'm trying to introduce myself to Web3. Like, I'm listening to the greatest music NFT podcast show, and I hear what Beeks is telling me, but I also don't want to come off as a grifter, right? It's hard to kind of be your own business person because you're like, I'm sitting here trying to ask for money, but at the same time, it's like, I also need to, you know, sustain the art that I'm trying to create, right? And so it's a little bit of a double-edged sword that you have to kind of fight with here. But, you know, the free mint is kind of an interesting model, like in it of itself, because you can kind of say, well, you got nothing to lose by minting my project. My, let's t- say it's a music NFT. And then you really get to kind of grow organically with your community or your fan base and say, it's going to be a scarce, you know, release. Say I do a 25 music NFT drop. It's a free mint. And collectively, if it's worth one ETH, you know, in a month or two months or in six months, or maybe I get my big interview on, you know, with Koopa Troopa. And next thing you know, I'm like popping off in the music NFT. NFT scene. Well, next thing you know, those 25 and only 25 NFTs that were a free mint suddenly just got really scarce and really valuable. And now you can kind of, you know, get the best on on a premium. So, you know, the free mint is really interesting, but, you know, it also kind of shows the significance and of and the importance of what a royalty can really bring to the table, not just for the creator, but for the the supporters of the creator, right? Because if you're sitting there going, it's a, it's going to cost something, it's going to cost X, Y, Z, but you get a royalty, it's like, yeah, but the royalty is never going to be, you know, what I put into it kind of a thing, right? Like, at least you're thinking that way. And so, you know, to say, well, there's a free mint and guess what? Like, you get a royalty if you sell it. You know, that's... It's just a way to try and attract some fans where you're not literally trying to open up, you know, be like, please give me your money. So it's just something I really like as some somebody who kind of understands that you have to walk that fine line. You have to tread lightly. But at the same time, you know, it is business. So that's why I wanted to talk about the creator royalty thing, because, you know, I feel like the music NFT vantage point really hasn't opined itself loudly in this circumstance. And I was kind of sitting here watching the Twitter and seeing everyone writing threads on why and why not, and, you know, nothing to do with music. And I'm like, I don't know that any of the art, art, music is like all about royalties. And so, you know, it was just, it was a little ironic to me that, you know, none of the music NFT influencers were really kind of or at least that I saw. I'm not, you know, I don't see everything. So uh, let it be said here first. But nonetheless, that's a little bit of a hot take on the music NFT and the creative royalty thing. So let's just recap a little bit. Number one, smart contracts today are still extremely dumb contracts. Um, We really need certain things that are not there today to be happening at the contract level uh, we really need that code to be law. We need, when you talk about royalties, we're talking about kind of perpetual royalties. That's kind of the word that comes to my mind when I think about royalties. I think about in perpetuity, right? Meaning forever cannot be changed unless, you know, both parties agree to the contract gets changed, you know, but you don't want your royalties getting changed because the protocol changed because the ecosystem demanded it because the company or the marketplace suddenly got scared of some competition coming from the left or right. And now it's like, oh, we need to adjust as well. And you're like, wait, I just deployed my, you know, so you don't want to get caught like that either. So, you know, that's, that's what I think. Um, that's really what I have to say about the, the creative royalties. Shout out to Frank D gods, shout out to the Solana community, you know, putting up the fight, you know, there are so many narratives that kind of, you know, that have to be had in, or conversations, I should say, that have to be had in Web3, you know, these philosophical questions that are being asked, you know, there are no universal rights. And so you're getting this kind of decentralized way of coming together and banding together, which just, I think, really 
shines the importance on or kind of signals the importance, I should say, uh, to, you know, how important it's going to be having things kind of really come together at the contract level. So that's my take on the music NFTs. Let me check the time here. I keep saying music NFTs, but I meant creator royalties. So that's my take on the creator royalties. You know, I keep these things short and sweet. Each week, I'm going to do a different topic. Um, you know, I'm going to keep. The, I'm trying to keep this podcast evergreen, so I'm not even trying to be topical or, or anything. But you know, as things come up, and as I think, you know, things need to be addressed and and uh, discussed. You know, this that's what we're here for. I mean, the name of this podcast is the greatest music NFT podcast show for a reason. So this is your friend Beaks Vibe, episode two in the books, and I will see you all next week.